We're going to be in Genesis chapter 37. Uh, starting there, if you want to turn in verse 18 is where we'll start. Just say, glad to see you. We've got a, people on vacation and traveling. It's getting to be that spring break time of year. People are going and doing. And thankfully, uh, people are getting well. And Sister Frida, it's so good to see you this morning. Uh, we're so glad you're able to be back in church and we've been praying for that and we're looking forward to Sister Joyce getting better and getting back, uh, being in the house of the Lord. These precious ladies have had surgeries and they've been recovering and we're just glad they're here or able to be with us this morning. And uh, But uh, yeah, those that are traveling and going and doing it, like I say, this sickness that's been going around, thankfully it seems like it's kind of going by the wayside and Maybe we can all get well and get back together again in Jesus' name. Genesis 37, we're in Joseph's life. Uh, and um, surely, you know, most of us know about Joseph. Joseph, as a child, was given dreams from the Lord. Uh, and in those dreams, he was just a child. But in those dreams, the Lord showed him that he would be a leader, that he would be someone that people would bow down to and Specifically in these dreams, he, he let Joseph know that his brethren, his brothers, and his mother and father all would give uh, obeisance to him, would bow down to him. And it caused a little ripple in the family, a little tension, these older brothers uh, wondering why Joseph would think he would have this kind of honor bestowed on him. But... Uh, when it comes from God, it's from God. You can't do anything about that. But as time goes on, his brothers are so eat up with the jealousy and just over the way Joseph is acting. And they're jealous because they know that their Joseph's father loves him very much and has identified him with a coat of many colors. And one day they see Joseph coming and said, well, here comes this dreamer. Let's... Let's take care of him. Let's get rid of him, and then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. And they uh, betray their brother, throw him into a pit, sell him into slavery, and they don't see Joseph again for 17 years. But in this process of time, God brings a famine onto the land. He has let Joseph know about this famine. Joseph has told Pharaoh the king of Egypt about this famine. Now Joseph is second in command in Egypt and people are starving. And so uh, Joseph's brethren, they think that Joseph is dead. But they find themselves going to Egypt to buy corn. And this is where we will, um, this is where we're going to pick up with uh, Joseph's life. We're going to read what they did to him and, and then we'll talk about things, but in Genesis 37, it says, when they saw Joseph far off, even before he got near to them, they conspired against him to slay him. When they saw him, uh, or and then they said one to another, behold, this dreamer cometh, now therefore let us slay him, cast him into some pit, and we will say some evil beast has devoured him, and we will see what will become of his dreams. People always want to plot against what God's trying to do in your life. But you can't work against God. If God be for you, who can be against you? They said, we'll see what will become of his dreams. And then in 
uh, chapter 42, we'll, we'll pass over some years. In chapter 42 and verse 5, it says, And the sons of Israel, this is Joseph's brothers, they came to buy corn. Among those that came for the famine was in the land of Canaan. And Joseph was the governor over the land, and he it was that sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came, bowed down themselves before him with their faces to the earth, and Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them, but he made himself strange unto them, and he spake roughly unto them. And he said unto them, Whence come ye? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew him not. So we're going to talk about this morning, trusting the process. Trusting the process. Let's pray for the lesson together this morning. Lord, we love you and thank you. For your word, we thank you for your hand on our life. And God, I ask you to help us today to just hear the word, receive it, let it encourage us and strengthen us, that we can learn from it, that we would be better, Lord, in this walk serving you. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Give him one more hand clap and a shout for his word today. Hallelujah. What a great God he is. God will take care of his people. God will take care of his people. Process. Nobody likes process. Because process equals time. And we're not big on waiting. We're, we're not a very patient species by nature. It just, uh, it's not automatically hardwired into our DNA. Uh, so the Lord said, I'll develop some things in your life that will bring you patience. The Bible says tribulation works patience. So sometimes it's uh, things that have to go on in your life to teach you to be patient. But even in that process, the Lord said that would give you experience and the experience would give you hope. And so we know that God is always doing things his way. And I want his way in my life. I've got to learn to trust the process. We've preached on this over the years many times and no doubt in every church everywhere a pastor has had to teach and, and preach to the, the people he's pastoring, hey, you're going to get through it. you got to trust God. I've said this before. A lot of times, though, we don't like for people to say that. We just want the answer. Sometimes it can even be like a thorn in your side when somebody says, hey, just trust God. And you're thinking, what do you think I've been doing? But you got to keep on trusting God. As the old timers used to say, you got to keep on keeping on. You got to keep doing it. The thing is, is a uh, process defined is a series of progressive and interdependent steps by which an end result is attained. It's a plan. You can't leave a step out. And the thing is, is that we go through processes in almost everything we do every day. And we don't even think about it. We just do it, but it's, they have to be done. The steps have to be done or nothing happens. And if you're going to brush your teeth, you got to pick up your toothbrush. you got to open the toothpaste. you got to put it on the brush. Then you got to brush. It's a process. You don't just say, well, I'm going to brush my teeth, and boom, it happened. You, you know, you know, some people evidently think it does because they don't brush their teeth. That's awful. It's a process. It's a, people are like, oh, it's a hassle. You know, as a guy, I hate shaving, but I have to do it. 
because I don't look good with scrub on my face, and, and I, I just wish I could have stayed baby-faced. You know, as a young person, you thought, man, I can't wait to be able to grow a mustache. And now I wish more than anything I never had facial hair. And then the older you get, your hair just does what it wants to do. It pops up in places you don't want it to pop. Your ear. Yeah. No, you think I'm kidding. I got one right here on the top of my ear. What is that? I have to shave the top of my ear. Process. Don't laugh. Come on, was it some of these young guys in here? Just keep, keep laughing. Lord Terry's, I'm going to be pointing at you one day. Uh-huh. You never thought you'd have to buy nose hair trimmers, but you will. It'll happen. But there's things that we, we go through every day. I mean, it's, it's a process. And people are oh, I don't like a process. Again, process of time. We're impatient. But when God promises it, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. Listen, God, it's not only that God can't lie. God doesn't want to lie. God's not going to lie. And so here's, here's the thing. You must, number one, when God gives you a promise of something, when something is spoken in your life, you've got to believe it. You got to believe the promise, embrace the process if you're going to see the miracle. The thing about embracing something, usually we only embrace something if we love it. But you're going to have to learn. And listen, when you trust God and you know God's ordering your steps, you'll just learn to trust God through it all. You know, we talked about this the other day, but I said it's not that I, I am just rejoicing over trouble and about the trouble in my life, but I can rejoice in the trouble because I know God is still for me. And no matter what happened in Joseph's life, no matter what anybody else thought, this promise came from God. It was sent to him by the Lord. And Joseph had no idea. There was not a time stamp. There was no date given to when these things would come to pass. It would just be in the Lord's time. And that bothers us because the scripture says that when our hope in something is deferred, it makes our heart sick. It, it just wears on us because we, we want it so bad and we, we just think we can't live without this. I've got to have this. And, well, it's going to come. You know, as kids, kids, you know, especially when they're little and they know kids learn to, man, they're waiting on them special days. They know when their birthday's coming and they know when Christmas is coming. And they can't wait. We used to, months in advance before Christmas, when I was a kid, we would get the wish book and we would get to sit down and open the wish book with our parents and circle the things we wanted, you know, and, and, and that was like in October, you know, and you thought you would die before Christmas Day got there because you just couldn't wait to see if you were going to get all the things you circled in that book. I mean, it just, it was a wish book and you was hoping them wishes were going to come true and and we, we, we see these promises from God. The scripture says he's given us exceeding great and precious promises. But it's not like you're just opening the package and say, oh, that's my promise. God promises things and there's a process to it. And so when hope deferred, it makes the heart sick, but said when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. Or you, there's nothing, you forget about the, all the waiting when you get what you're waiting for. Scripture talks about that even with a child coming into the world. said a woman is in great sorrow during her travail and, and during the, the birth of a child because it's, it's painful and, and it's uh, anguish and she's travailing during this birth. But once that child is born, 
all that just goes in the rearview mirror because she's so excited and happy for the child that's been born. And, and, and most parents say, I, and I would do it again because it's worth it for the child that has been born. And we got to remember that time with God is not time like we see time. The Bible says that, and for us to not to be ignorant of this thing, that one day with the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. God's concept of time, totally different than mine and yours. Uh, God has a plan. He knows when it's going to work out, and he's not required to tell us any of that because he wants to see will we have faith to see it through. But I can tell you this today, that when God promises something, it's going to happen. It will be. And hey, but it is going to be, I'll tell you this too, it will be a process. He wants us to have what he's promised. Jesus would allude to this several times in his teachings, but in Luke 12 and 32, he said, for us to fear not. Fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So don't let uh, the process of time make you afraid that it's never going to come to pass. Because again, God is not required to give you a date. He is not required to mark down in the calendar when he will get it done. You just have to know that he will get it done. In John 14, uh, the first three verses of John 14, uh, the Lord starts again, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place. Prepare, that's a process of time to prepare a place for you. And if I go, now, he, now he's sealing this thing. He's, and remember, he can't lie. So he's going to say, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. So he's letting us know, look, don't get frustrated. Don't get scared. Don't let your heart be troubled over the fact that you can't see me preparing this thing. Just know that I'm preparing it. And you can't always see how God's working in your life. You've got to trust that he is. We must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. We've got to trust God. We've got to believe the promise, embrace the process so we can see the miracle. Because too many people uh, are, are good at believing the promise, but they're horrible at the process. And that's why they never see the miracle, because they were sure it would have happened by now. Oh, we quit so close sometimes. Friend, people walk away so close. If we could see in, in spiritual eyes how many times, how close we were to the answer, to the door swinging wide open, and we turned our back and walked away. Mm, we quit so close sometimes. We've got to, you know, oh, I believe it, God, I believe it, God. But then when it didn't happen today, and it didn't happen yesterday, or it didn't happen tomorrow, and, and well, it's been a week, will you tell me where God said anywhere it'll happen in seven days, or eight days, or nine days, or a year, or a month? He never told Joseph any time this would happen. He didn't say when uh, he would be uh, fulfill these dreams. He just said, I've given you these dreams Trust what's happening in your life now. God promised us in the scripture, this promise, that we can be new creatures in him. But even that's a process. It doesn't just happen just because you read it or even just because you believe it. The Bible says we must repent. 
We must be baptized in his name, baptized into Christ to be a new creature. And then uh, we shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you, your children, all that far off. There's a lot of people uh, who, who uh, just because they didn't get the Holy Ghost coming up out of the water or they didn't get the Holy Ghost when the first time they prayed that they just said, well, it must not be for me and walk away. But the Bible says the promise is unto you. Friend, and then it's the daily walk with him. Walking in the newness of life. All of it's a process. This life with God, it's a process. Getting to glory is going to be a process. To hear him say, well done, it's going to be a process. Anything you do in your ministry or your life, in your marriage, on your job, process. Now, in God's kingdom, there are at least two reasons for process. Number one is God's timing. Again, God orders our steps. God knows exactly when things need to be done. And the second thing is our preparation. So the reason for process is God's timing and our preparation. Joseph was probably about 13 years old when he was given the promise. He was not ready to be second in command of Egypt at 13 years old. He did not know... Uh, the hardships of life. He didn't know what it was like to go through. He, he, he was just a child, just a boy. And God was not going to take a 13-year-old boy and all of a sudden give him uh, power and, and rulership and things like that because he wouldn't know what to do with it. He had no idea uh, how that would work. And it, it would be like uh, even in the story of Esther, you know, she was uh, in that, lived in that land and suddenly she finds herself thrust into the kingdom and she becomes the king's uh, wife and she's able to save her people because of it. And, and Mordecai told her, said, who knows if maybe you were brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. And so, uh, but back when Esther was just a little girl, no, she didn't know about this. Sometimes God's doing things in your life, you don't even know it. But it's a process of getting you. And for God, he was going to save his people. So he used Esther, but it was a process of getting her there because she had to, to go into a purification thing for over a year. You know, she's just in a place uh, for purification purposes. And so for a year, just waiting to go see the king. And then you got to wait in line for about the, over a thousand different uh, virgins that they had gathered from all over these other countries. And it was a process of the king having each one come in and deciding which one would be the new queen process but it worked and Joseph uh, was going to go through a process uh, and look we are not ready and, and, and you can't get offended at God over this because we're not ready for that promised miracle all the time when it's, spoken, when it's first spoken to our lives. I remember uh, when God called me into the ministry and, and uh, people have asked about some things that went on you know, in our life back uh, the church that we were at my wife and I and they were like, you know, we really thought you and your wife were going to pastor this church. And I told somebody just the other day, I said, I'm going to tell you what I realized years later. I was not ready to pastor a church. I said, I know people wanted us to have it. I said, but what if we'd have made a wreck of it? I said, I wasn't ready. I said, I had preached some, yeah. I said, I watched my pastor diligently, yeah. I said, but I didn't know nothing about pastoring people. And I, and I knew that, and I prayed, God, don't let them give this thing to us if it's not 
our time. And he didn't. But he had promised me that he, I was in this ministry, that I had a call on my life. And, and you know what? He knew that there was a place just outside of Athens, Winterville, Georgia, that needed a church. And he said, and you're the man that over time, over those years before we ever started the church, people would come up to me and, and tell me things. You need to start a church. Hey, there's a good place over here to start a church. And I would pray about it, wonder about it. And every time we would just about make a move, God would send somebody and say, brother, the Lord said, be patient. And we would stop. And men that didn't know anything about me would come and tell me things just so it's like I had written it down for them and they would be like, the Lord told, you, told me to let you know, said, your time's coming, but it's not now. Be patient. And let me tell you, yeah, that's frustrating because you, you're getting geared up. But see, when, when we finally knew, when God opened the door, it was perfect, just like it was supposed to be. And so I believed God, but we had to embrace the process and trust God and, and, and realize that, hey, we're a work on the wheel, and God is making something out of us. God has a process to get us ready. It's just like, you know, you're to walk up to me and say, man, pastor, I, I sure would like some corn on the cob. And I reach in my pocket and say, here, what is that? That's seed. That ain't corn on the cob. It can be. But you know what's going to be a process. You're going to have to take it and sow it, plant it, water it, let it grow, let it mature, harvest it, shuck it, cook it. Now, guess what you got from them seeds I gave you months and months ago? Corn on the cob. Process. But we'd rather just go to the grocery store and buy some. And that's what we do with God sometimes. Say, nah, don't give me no seed, Lord. Just let me go to your grocery store. But the Lord said, nah, that's not some water, some plant, and God gives the increase. And God's like, there's going to be a process in everything that's done in this kingdom. I don't just, when he called the disciples, he said, follow me. You know what he was saying? Process. It's going to take time. Follow me. It'll take time. And then I will make. There's a process. When you make dinner, that's a process. Yeah, any of y'all like, you ladies or even men like to bake, that's a process. Some of you guys like to, 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 to cook and grill and smoke things, process. You can't just get, get a slab of ribs and say, ooh, I want some ribs and tear them up and start eating. That's <laughs> process. And you realize the longer they cook, the better they are. It's, you, know, you, you just learn some things. That, and, oh, yeah, you're hungry. And, man, I could just... I'm just going to go get, get one off the grill now. Don't do that. Leave it alone. Don't open that lid. Just leave it like it is. When it's time, they'll be perfect. And God is working in our life. And God is working in your life. And I know you don't understand it sometimes. And I don't understand it sometimes. But I trust God. And I trust the process. And I know that we're going to see the miracle. Amen. It's going to happen. You've got to believe that God is working in your life. And sometimes we think, God, you're working a little bit too slow. I wish you'd hurry up. But if the Lord could show us, if he could give us a lens into the future, this is what it would look like if I hurried up. We'd be like, whoo, hit the brakes, God. <laughs> Just back up. I'm, I'm sorry I said anything. I'm, I'm shutting up now. Just go on and do what you know is best for me. And so 
when we look at the life of Joseph, you know, 12 or 13 years old when he, his dreams uh, were given to him, but 17 years later, so he's 29 or 30 now. You think of how different you were, some of you older ones. You know, you think about how you were at 17 and then think about how you were at 30. I hope you were different. <laughs> I know I was. I was a father. I, I, I had a kid. I was, you know, it was, I was married. I was different. The, the Lord, had, I was already in the church. I was living for God. My life was completely different. 17 years old, you believe it or not, 17-year-old train wreck. Wild, crazy, crazy boy. <laughs> I mean, just, whoo. Uh, I can show you some pictures of me at 17. You'd be like, ah, there's no way that's you. I, oh, it's me. It was me. I, I, I was, uh, I had no direction really about my life. I, you know, just the way I, I was, I was just trying everything, trying to find myself. You know, you're a teenager, you're trying to find yourself. You don't know what's going on. But you become a mature adult. That's a process. And, and so Joseph, you know, after 17 years of, of these things, you know, this process, he's becoming something else. Listen, when the dreams were given, nobody could recognize that God had given him these dreams. Some of them couldn't accept it. Some of them hated him for it. But, you know, it didn't matter what they said or what they did. It wouldn't stop the dream from coming true. It didn't matter what they believed about Joseph. He's the youngest well, God did that a lot of times. He did that with David. David had older brothers, seven older brothers. David was the eighth child. And, uh, but guess what? God chose the youngest and brought him up right in front of all his older brothers and poured oil on his head and said, here's the king. But David didn't say, well, let me pack my bags. Let's go, let me go sit on. He, he wasn't fixing to go busting up in the palace and say, scoot over, Saul. I'm sitting down. You know what he did? He went back to the field. He went back to the pasture. He was watching sheep on the day that he got sent out to the battlefield where he killed Goliath. Process, process, process. But he still knew the oil went on my head. I heard the word of the prophet, and so I'm going to believe uh, in, the, in God. I'm going to trust this process, and one day I'll see the miracle because God don't lie. But you never see David just running for the throne. He was running from the throne, running from Saul, Trying, Saul trying to kill him. He was trying to just stay alive, living in caves, running, hiding, living in the land of his, of his enemies, but doing whatever he could. But God was using all these things to bring him to the throne for David did sit on the throne. And so God orders our steps and he had laid out Joseph's destiny, but it was up to Joseph to stick to the process so he could see the miracle. You know, I was talking about Esther earlier. And when Mordecai, there was, what happened in the days of Esther, there was a man, Haman, that hated the Jews. And so he, he, he got a, a, a process started where all the Jews could be killed. And Mordecai, Esther's uncle, sent to her and said, Hey, uh, you need to go and tell the king to stop this. She said, Well, you just can't walk into the king because if you walk in there and he, he doesn't hold out the golden scepter, they, they kill you. You just don't walk into the king. He said, Well, you need to do it because you don't need to think just because you're in the palace that you're going to escape all this. Because if you don't do this, God will raise up deliverance for, for his people some other place, but you'll die because you did not do what God put you there to do. And so I don't know who would have stepped in if Joseph had said, Not me, but God still would have saved Israel because that was his people. 
He was going to do it. I don't want someone else to do my job. I want to do what God wants me to do. And I want to, I want to make sure I'm filling the spot that God's put me in. I've just got to trust the process. I've got to believe it. Joseph stuck to the process. He saw the miracle. Listen, God had to get Joseph out of his house, out of his land, so he could bring him to Egypt. And when you think about that, it, it came through betrayal. He was betrayed by his brothers, thrown in a pit, sold into slavery, lied on as he worked in his master's house, then thrown into prison, years in prison, forgot about in prison, finally brought out of prison into the palace. And he was the second most powerful man in Egypt with nobody more powerful than him but Pharaoh. If Joseph said it, it happened. And that's the way God got Joseph to the palace, a process. And now we read in the story when his brothers show up, they bow down. Guess what that was? The fulfilling of the dream. And what, was, what I love about it, it says, and they didn't recognize Joseph, but Joseph knew them. Sometimes people just stay in the same old place, and as soon as you see them, you know, you ain't never changed. But when they saw Joseph, he was looking at them face to face. They didn't even recognize their brother. Because when God does a work in your life, it'll change you, and it'll make you unrecognizable to some people. Now, he was still Joseph, but he didn't look the same. He carried himself different. He was, he was 17 years older than he was. He had been living and waiting on his promise longer than he'd been alive in his father's house. He had spent over half his life waiting for this to happen. And when it came to pass, he looked so different. That's why the scripture says we're new creatures. When people see you, yeah, they can recognize you maybe by the way you look, but I don't recognize the way you act. You acting different. You're talking different. You're doing different things. That's because God's doing a work in my life. Uh, and, and, and I'm not going to be the same that I was. And, and Joseph now had this authority. He was used to telling people now, you go here, you go there. Let's do this, let's do that. This is how it's going to work. And people are like, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. And here comes all his older brothers, and they still just look like, here we are, looking for a handout, wanting some food, wanting something, you know. And uh, they didn't even recognize him. So don't be surprised when people that you grew up with don't even recognize you anymore. I don't even recognize you no more. That's one of the best compliments you can ever get. Praise God. That means God's been doing something in my life. That means I've embraced this process that God is doing in my life. God, God did this for Joseph. Joseph wasn't ready at 13, but he was ready at 30. He was ready to do what God had called him to do. He had grown, he had experienced, he had endured, and he had matured into what God intended him to be. And then Joseph remembered the dream, it says. He remembers. When he sees his brothers bowing down, he remembers the dreams. You know what became of those dreams? They came true. God will bring those dreams to pass. Philippians 1 and 6 reminds us today that we can be confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. There, there's a day coming where it'll all come to pass. God is going to perform what he started. He has every intention of fulfilling that call, that ministry that he has placed in your life. But don't try to outrun God. Embrace the process. You'll receive the miracle. Trust God. He'll bring it to pass. 
Don't lean on your own. The Bible says for us not to lean on our own understanding. Don't start trying to figure out what God's doing. Let me see if I can, let me see if I can expedite this process. You know, I, I do that when I'm ordering things. Expedited shipping. Yeah, let's do that. I want it quick. You know, I just get, get it to me. But I have some things I've done, and they say, well, if I put a rush on it, I'll, wait, a, wait a minute now. I don't know if I want you to rush it. it you know, just take your time. But if you're going to rush it, and I'm going to get it back, and it's going to be halfway done. I don't want that. You know, if I'm getting my, you know, you're getting your, your car painted. Don't be rushing. <laughs> take your time. Because I don't, I don't want it to look like I came from Earl Shrive for $99. Y'all may not even remember Earl Shrive, but they would paint a car for $99. Paint a whole car. My, where's Will ain't even here. He, my brother had, he had a, a 72 Maverick. It was beige. Beige. That's right, I said it. his car was beige. Who drives a beige car? So he, he took it to Earl Shrive, going to paint it black. So he tried to take the chrome and stuff off so that he wouldn't just get everything messed up. So he had two like lights under the front bumper, and they took the chrome bezels off, and the lights were hanging down. When they got home and put the lights back in, there was two beige spots because they just sprayed right over the top of them lights. And so he had to go get a can of black spray paint and fill in. <laughs> That's what you get for $99. He got it back the same day. Hey, be back. Yeah, be back about 4 o'clock. We'll be done. <laughs> Got what you pay for. But you know what? Even that still looked better than that beige car, but still. You know, and that's, I don't want a $99 paint job. I want God to do a complete work in me. The Bible says we are complete in him, so I'm sticking with him. I'm going to stay with him and whatever he's doing in my life. And so, you know, uh, the day will, the thing I, I love about this is when Joseph sees his brothers, there they are. That's the guys who didn't believe in him. That's the guys who didn't, they, they hated him, they despised him. They, they're the ones that betrayed him, sold him into slavery. You know what? No matter what they thought about Joseph before, did not change who Joseph was now. So you hear what I'm fixing to tell you right here and, and stamp this in your brain. A day will come when the past won't matter anymore. Joseph was living the dream and he didn't have to think about that pit that they threw him in. He didn't have to think about that lie that Potiphar's wife told on him. He didn't have to think about all them days he spent in the dungeon. The past didn't matter anymore because he was living the dream that God had promised. And, and, and friend, I... I know sometimes we, we talk about well, our past has made us who are made us who we are. You know what? I, I, I can buy into that. But there's got to come a time when we stop reliving the past. There's got to come a time when we stop because the Bible says when we become new in him, old things are passed away. And could Joseph remember those things? Yeah. But why? What if, what if they came in and found Joseph just sitting in his room crying. He's the second most powerful man in Egypt. He's sobbing and weeping. Man, what's wrong with you? Well, you know, 17 years ago, they threw me in a pit. 17 years ago, you're the second most powerful man in Egypt. Quit being a baby. 
Well, it was traumatic. I get it. But if what God has done in your life right now, if you can't see that as overshadowing and overpowering and erasing what happened, listen, God will give us exceeding abundantly above over all we can ask or think. God will, look, it, won't, it might not ever be the same as things, but it will be new. God will give you something new. And we can keep dragging our past around. Or we can just say, you know, we can be like Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind. Reach forward. Go forward. Look, so listen, a day that you hear me, because what you went through was awful. What you went through was hard. But look where you're sitting at today. Hmm? Look where you are today. Does that mean everything's perfect now? No. But is it better than it was? Sure is. A day will come when the past won't matter anymore. There's some people I am determined that once they get to heaven, they're going to still talk about how bad they were treated. I'm telling you, there's some people who's going to say, Lord, all the things you could talk to them about, now you're in heaven. I'll tell you, Lord, when I was five, when I was in high school, uh, have you seen this street of gold? Have you seen this river of living water? Have you seen that tree of life? Have you, have you seen that big throne? <laughs> Do you realize there's, there's no more weeping or crying here? I think there's some people that won't want to go to heaven just because they won't be able to cry. I got to move on. Y'all going to be like, Pastor, Pastor, you, you meddling now. You got to move on. Oh, listen, your past cannot prevent what God has for you. Look at all the things that happened to Joseph. Joseph was given a dream saying, this is who you'll be. And look at all the in-between mess he went through, but it still didn't stop God. And no matter what you're going through now, it's not going to stop what God's doing in your life. Maybe it's just some of the reworking. It's some of the alignment. It's, it's some of the molding and shaping that he's doing while you're on the wheel. Whatever it is, it's just the process. And God will get you through it. The Bible says we're living sacrifices. Well, every sacrifice must be salted. And Jesus said every sacrifice would be salted with fire. I remember Brother Conway preaching years ago saying, you when we start getting that salt and we start to squirm because we don't like it, we might feel the pressure as the hands of the potter are molding us, but don't abort this process. Listen, every sacrifice is salted with fire. Every lump of clay is going to get squished and squashed and molded. He's going to carve out some things to get you to be the vessel he wants you to be. That's the process. Keep on serving. Keep on walking. Keep on dreaming. It can happen. It can come to pass. Whatever you can come to the music. I'm getting ready to start. Stop right here. I was going to mention some other things, but I feel like we're at a good place. You just got to remember, whatever God has promised you, there is a process. You say, "Oh, I just, I just need some healing." Okay, you know what healing is? Process. You get a cut, you ain't Wolverine, it don't just shut up and it just don't close up. 
You got that cut? You'll, oh, it's deep enough for stitches, so now you're going to the hospital. Once you get there, you got to check in. Then you got to go back to the room. Then they got to look at it. Then they got to clean it. And then they got to do whatever it is they do to it. And then they're going to sew it up. Process. And you know what? You're going to be looking at them stitches for a few weeks, and finally they'll cut them out, and guess what? And then there's a scar. You're not cut anymore. You're better. It's healed up. There's a scar to remind you of how long it took. I broke this hand, this thumb one time, broke it clean, loose from the hand. But that cast on for six weeks. You know what was so tormenting for me was that it was right during the middle of, of ball season. I couldn't play ball, and that tore me up. Because that ball was my life. And I was so glad when six weeks was over and I'd come back and I, they cut this thing off and it had moved. And they said, we're going to have to go in there, cut it open, we're going to break it, put it back, put a pin in it. Six more weeks in a cast. But it was better than me saying, no, just leave it. Because the bone was sticking. I could see the bone sticking. I was like, I can't, I can't go on like that. But they fixed it now, man. Yeah, it's good. But it was a process. And sometimes you may get re-broke. Re you may be broke and re-broke. That's all right. God's got an answer for that. God can fix it. It's just a process. Galatians 6 and 9, you can stand with me right here. Look, so every healing, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever it is, every healing is a process. It takes time. So the apostle told us this, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, you know what that is? Time. He's saying, for in time, oh, for in time, we shall, not might, we shall reap if we faint not. So time, reaping, but if we faint not, that's embracing. If we don't quit, if we don't surrender, if we don't give up, if we'll hold on. He said in, 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 in a little bit of time, in the process of time, if you just keep on doing what you're doing, you're going to reap if you don't quit. You don't quit the process. You stick with it. I get it. We want the fastest internet. We want the quickest Wi-Fi. We, you know, we, we want everything now, 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 now. But with God, He knows that some things are just better over the process of time. He, he could have created everything we see in one word because it was already in His mind. But instead, He laid it out for six days. So we read about the process. He said, I could do it like that, but it'll be better if I do it like this. So trust God in what you're going through today. Trust the process. Let's lift our hands and